This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast, this Thursday, the 18th of July, 2019, the year being. And uh, as always, you can be catching this broadcast a wide variety of means. So this is going to be an interesting show today. That I can guarantee you first and foremost. We have a good variety of topics. And this show is mainly going to be focused on the, of course, the response which we got from last week's program. And that was directly in regards to uh, your paranormal experiences. And, you know, like I was saying, if you had any... Uh, if there was anything that you felt comfortable sharing, of course, right, it all comes down to how you feel. But we got a good amount of responses, and uh, really I want to get to as many of them as I can in this show. So that's going to be the main feature of today's broadcast. It's going to be an interesting one. Otherwise, there is one thing that I did want to cover, and along with that, I get a bit of a question for you. And I'll, now I'll, con- I'll confide uh, this this with all of you. These types of topics, I mean, I love discussing. In the past, I didn't really talk about this kind of stuff as much, but I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy hearing your viewpoint, your opinion, uh, your feedback on it. And I think you guys enjoy hearing it as well, just based on feedback. Uh, and that's, of course, in, in regards to just I, I always refer to it generally as the interesting stuff. That's personally how I've always considered it. Uh, you know, in regards to uh, the paranormal, you know, unexplained things, creatures, events, uh, conspiracies, UFOs, you name it. All that stuff is just, it's, it's always been fascinating to me. You know, I think I've said it in the past. But I always enjoy researching this stuff because it's just, it's so fascinating, the unknown. You know, it, there's just because it leaves that room for possibility, and it questions so many things, and it, it it just fascinates me. You know, that's all that I can say. But anyway, one thing it's kind of on a silly note, but it's something that I've wanted to incorporate anyway. Uh, of course, in the news, uh, Area 51 has been back in the news, and Area 51 is something that's you know I've been interested in for quite some time. Uh, and originally, when I was younger, I did indeed. I, you know, I 100% believed uh, that it was a government test site for aliens. Uh, because, you know, it's just, it, it, it seemed to me when I was young, of course, that that's just, that's what it was. But I think with time, it's been one of those things that I've always been a bit uncertain about. And, I mean, no matter what... I guarantee you, this is just my personal opinion. I mean, you know, I remain skeptical about extraterrestrial life. Now, I'm 100% confident that extraterrestrial life does exist. I imagine, in regards to just the size of the universe, how big it is, how, how much is out there, I believe without a doubt that there is extraterrestrial life. The one thing that I do question, though, 
is if that extraterrestrial life has actually visited Earth in the past, or present, of course, or not. And that's the one thing that still kind of gives me that big what-if. And I, that's, that's what I remain on the, the, the fence about. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that aliens have visited Earth. But I, I believe, like the saying goes, like seeing is believing, right? I, and I, I'm going to keep the door open. I always keep the door open to possibility. And if I have an encounter, you know, and I can't explain it, you better believe. You know, I, my mind will be changed. It depends on the circumstances. But that's the one thing that I'm still on the fence about. So nowadays, when I think about Area 51, and this got me thinking about it again, what's there? Military? Air Force facility? Government installation? Secluded, remote? Heavily fortified, heavily guarded, and very secretive. So first and foremost, I want to ask you a question. And responses are welcome to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. But I think at the very least, most of us have a basic understanding of Area 51, either in the past or because of current events. What do you think about Area 51? This is a question that I have. I'm going to go over it next week. What do you think about Area 51? What do you think is in it? Do you think there are aliens there? Do you think that there's possible extraterrestrial technology that's being studied there? Or do you think it's a government testing ground? A government research experiment facility? Maybe some high-tech weapons there? Or do you think it's just an Air Force base that just happened to get a lot of attention? Or it could be anything else. Uh, like I said in the one video, could there be a bottle of uh, Carolina Reaper ranch hot sauce buried deep in the depths of the facility? And everything else is just a cover for it. What are your thoughts? What do you think about Area 51 in general? And uh, if, you were, if you had to hypothesize, what would you wager is in this facility? So, number one, I'm interested in that. Again, your response is V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. All right, now secondly, on to what's going on with Area 51. I'm sure most of us have heard about it, but if you haven't, I'll give you a little recap. So, the other week, this... It was mostly done as a joke, but it's, it has sparked renewed public interest in it no matter what where on Facebook this event was posted, and it still is, it's scheduled for September 20th, 2019. And it was mostly written tongue-in-cheek, okay, that said, if we get enough people to show up at Area 51, and you know, they're talking hundreds of thousands or more, uh, the security forces there regardless of whatever firepower they have. You know, it won't be able to match that. 
And if enough people storm the place, we can get in and uncover whatever secrets are in there. Be that, again, advanced technology, extraterrestrials, you name it. And it was so ridiculous, of course, this idea to go on this mass uh, suicide charge toward this and be able to infiltrate the facility, right? So people started signing up as a joke. And it just got more and more and more attention. And now as I record this, over one million people have signed up, allegedly, right, to go and storm the facility on September 20th. Now, as this plays out, I think you and I both know nowhere near that many people will show up. Uh, I mean, number one, a lot of people are doing it as a joke. They, their commitment is insincere. Uh, number two, a lot of people can't even afford to travel. Number three, even if they do travel, uh, people need to realize how inhospitable the climate of the deserts in the southwest can be. And it's in a very remote location, very rural location. It's extremely hot, temperature-wise. And, you know, it's, it's just not going to work out in your favor. But I guarantee you, though, on the, on the 20th of September, keep your eyes on this. It's going to be some entertainment either way. But how many people will actually show up? I really don't think anyone's going to try to storm the facility. I think that's a joke. But who knows what will happen there anyway. It's, it'll, be, it'll make for some, I think, quality entertainment no matter what happens. And uh, we'll see. Is a dozen people going to show up? A couple hundred? A couple thousand? Uh, or by some miracle. Imagine if like a million people actually show up to this. That would be crazy. But either way, the feds are uh, they're taking it seriously. I understand why, again, no matter what's there. I mean, they have to. So, they released a formal statement. And the U.S. Air Force says, and I quote, Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force and we would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train American armed forces. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. And that was giving uh, a bit of a warning, saying, look, this is an active, heavily guarded military installation. If you know what's best for you, do not try and rush this place because we'll do what we have to do and it's not going to end well for you which makes sense so anyway it was some interesting news this week I really enjoyed it it was a nice little break from uh, the usual back and forth you know the way it goes with government stuff uh, you know one side against the other that's how it is nowadays only getting worse if you ask me but I mean, it's, it's, it was a nice break, <laughs> you know. And, uh, I mean, that sparked my own interest, my own renewed interest in Area 51. And it's a fascinating place, no matter what's there. And I think that there's probably some highly advanced secret government technology at Area 51. That's what I would guess. All right? I imagine that there's probably... 
very highly advanced spy planes, uh, certain surveillance mechanisms, um, probably certain prototypes or developments for weapons that, you know, would, would seem so incredibly advanced to us. But I guarantee you, this stuff exists. You know, the stuff that, in some of these facilities, I could almost guarantee, is, is very, very ahead of the technology that's available for, you know, the average consumer, you and I. Right? But, of course, as a result, they don't want that getting out. Really not in the hands of civilians, but they don't want it going out to foreign governments. Uh, who, of course, could steal what use it against us, etc., and it could cause a geopolitical nightmare. So, I think that's what Area 51 holds. Now, I've never been there, I have no clue, but, I mean, that's my educated guess, anyway. But, I mean, I mean who am I to say? Like I said, I always leave the door open to possibility. I find it highly unlikely that there are aliens there. Because, again, I can't even convince myself that aliens have visited the Earth. But, I mean, what do I know? So I think it's definitely a government facility that's, you know, that's, that's highly secured, and I think there's some important stuff anyway. Now, one interesting thing to take note of, and this always just fascinates me anyway, is that while Area 51 is the most famous of these you know, secret facilities, right? I mean, research Area 52, and you, there is some good stuff on that place, too. You know, if you got the free time, research it, look it up, and uh, that's another rabbit hole right there. Like, these secret facilities and stuff is just, oh, it's fascinating to me. Because it just, it leaves the mind to hypothesize. And you can't help but sit there and wonder, what is in this place? You know, like, what is there? What's behind these closed doors? What's locked away? Like, e even on a much more boring note, as some would say, you know, no aliens or anything. But, you know, like Fort Knox. Uh, right, where all the gold allegedly is. I mean, part of me is convinced that you open up the vaults there and there's no gold in there anymore. And it's just empty rooms. But, you know, that's the thing. You put barriers up, and all it does is it builds curiosity. And I love those what-ifs. What if this, or what if that? And you have all these little leads and trails you can pursue and options you can assess and... Oh, it just leads to so much good material and reading and all that stuff. So research this stuff if you want. Uh, educate yourself. And, uh, I mean, what do you think about all this stuff? V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And, I mean, part of me thinks that there are all sorts of you know, test ranges, and you name it, where this stuff is being developed, that we don't even know exist. Could be underground, uh, could be in just unspecified locations, you name it. You know, because it kind of seems a little silly, if you really think about it, to have, like, the most top-secret stuff at this widely publicized facility that everyone knows about, and everyone knows exactly where it is, and yeah, it's tough to get there, but, like, if some foreign government or something is really determined, they might be able to. 
depends on how they would go about it. So, I mean, for the sake of maybe prevention of espionage, makes me wonder if, you know, the real secrets and all that stuff is really at these facilities that we have no idea even exist. It just seems completely uh, run-of-the-mill, average, you know, nothing suspicious going on here. Really, that's where it's all going down, but who's to say? But this usually isn't uh, the type of stuff I normally talk about. Usually I'll, I'll restrain myself with these types of topics, but boy... I'm I'm letting it all out today. It is it fascinates me. It really does. And of course, a little promotion, right? If you if you are at Area 51, uh there is a shortwave broadcast 5850 kilohertz. I guarantee it's in a rural location. You could pick up my show and I'm sure you'd pick it up very very clearly. Some a little bit of a irrelevant aside anyway. Uh, so speaking of shortwave though, uh, yeah, the, the, the promotion last week in regards to the radios, we got a lot of people who were very much interested in it, and that's really appreciated, you know, I'm, like I said, I was always happy to just get there on the email and help you out, for anyone that wants to get a radio for emergencies, uh, you name it. Of course, in California, with the earthquakes, and there's still so much uncertainty there, I mean, it's still not calming down, so it's just... You know, you just don't know. And no matter what, it's good to be prepared, especially in regards to communication. And then, of course, all the flooding concerns. And I, th- I think, you know, Hurricane Barry, of course, when a storm ends up being weaker than its forecast, every single time you have people that will always go ahead and will bash the meteorologist and I'll say, oh, this was a blowout, oh, it got me all worked up for nothing, and so on and so forth. You know, you should be thankful that it wasn't that bad. But if you ever want to go ahead and dispute this kind of stuff and say, oh, it's never as bad as they say that it is, I mean, then just go and look at the videos of Hurricane Michael last year and its direct impact of the Florida Panhandle. And I want you to go ahead and watch those videos of the people there that were in the eye wall, a Category 5 that made landfall. That happened to them. If you're in a hurricane-prone region, it can happen to you as well. And yes, most of the time, uh, they, they are over-projections. Uh, it usually does initially seem like it's going to be stronger than it is. But there are always times where it's just as strong, or stronger than the initial forecasts project it to be. I think the best thing you can do is be prepared for that worst-case scenario. And if it's better than that, I think it's something to rejoice. Be happy that it wasn't that bad. And if it is, unfortunately, as bad as they said it was going to be, or worse, at least you're somewhat prepared for it. So, if you still want to get a radio, an AM, FM, shortwave radio, uh, to be able to hear news and information when everything else goes out, Uh, You know, be that in natural disasters, or, you know, if it's censored out, whatever happens. Radio is the last thing that's going to be standing. So check it out, amazon.com slash shop slash the report of the week. It's a great way to support this broadcast, and I want to thank all of you that did support this over the last week. Uh, Your donations really, really, really help, and I, I just want to thank you all so much. I hope you know I really appreciate you. For tuning in, for listening, for supporting. 
And it's all of you that are listening in right now, no matter how often or how you're listening or wherever you're tuned in from. Thank you for being here. It's you guys that keep this all going. There wouldn't be a show without you. So bear that in mind. If you do want to support the program, you can donate via PayPal to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com or via Patreon to patreon.com slash the report of the week. Any general feedback, questions, comments, or reception reports, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. All right. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at your paranormal stories and experiences. Stay tuned. This has been a fun show so far, and it's going to get even better. This is VORW International. All right, so now we're going to be getting to your paranormal experiences. So uh, we do have a very good list, a good variety, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, there was a miscellaneous thing kind of floating around in my head uh, before I kind of got back on to record, and I don't really know how to even say it, because it's so off-topic, but, yeah, I don't even want to, this is like, this is one of those things that's, I'm, I've been thinking about a lot, but I don't even want to talk about it, you, you know, you ever get that, it's like, you, you really don't even want to entertain that type of discussion, uh, because it's such a, I mean, it is a can of worms, like, you, you wouldn't believe, I, I think we all do, we see it every single day. And I think it gets worse and worse. And, you know, that's just, that's the state of society today. Look, it's just, we, it's over. It's over. It's done. Uh, we're past the point of no return, I truly believe. And uh, so disjointed, uh, there's no turning back. It's done. Uh, you know, by, uh, you know, we're not going to go to a civil war or anything. But it's, it's too far to repair. It's too far, and this disunion is always going to be there. I've just... I mean, I always try to stay optimistic, but look, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I've lost all hope that it's going to get any better. I, I mean, it would be really nice, but I think it's, it's to the point where it's not even a practical possibility anymore. It's, like a, it's a dream, you know? And it's something I'm still going to uh, remain... You know, the one day. One day, right? But at, th- at this point, I think, look around you, this is it. And uh, it's all it's ever going to be. And to be fair, it might just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And who knows what's going to happen one day. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. I hope it doesn't, but sometimes, I mean, you know, it can be disappointingly bleak. Sometimes it can be surprisingly good. We, we just don't know. But it's it's hard to remain optimistic, but I still have a little glimmer. But it gets it gets dimmer, you know? It certainly does. Anyway, I wanted to get that off my chest, because when you have this gloomy, you know, <laughs> whatever, this gloomy, uh, extremely pessimistic cloud over your head, uh, you just got to kind of spew it out a little bit, get it out of your system, so then you can carry on with everything else. But anyway, it's just a message I wanted to get out there anyway. Uh, because every single time I look at the news, I mean, look, you know you know the way that it is. It's all you ever see. And, uh, yeah, you know, the news is sensationalist. We know that. Uh, we know how it is. It's what it thrives off of. But 
regardless, I, I think, you know, you see it. And I swear to God I've had this exact same conversation before. I probably have. I know I've had my complaints about it. I'm getting some serious deja vu, though. I feel like I'm literally uh, reciting it word for word uh, this Thursday the 18th of July 2019. See, I said that to break the cycle, so even if it was deja vu or just extreme familiarity that kind of made it unique, giving it a timestamp there. Anyway, you're listening in to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week, a weekly talk program, often one hour in length, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter, uh, where we just talk about miscellaneous things, miscellaneous discussion, uh, sometimes it's philosophical, uh, moral, current events, sometimes it's based on the paranormal, uh, government, conspiracy theories, you name it, lots of good stuff, sometimes it's just entirely miscellaneous uh, just taking your comments and topic suggestions. The metaphorical lines are open. One day I am going to take phone calls, but I want to just I want to get that set up better first and get the whole thing smoothed out. Uh, better equipment, broadcast uh, you know more efficiently, so on and so forth. But one day, one day I will be able to actually say, in the literal sense, the lines are open. Uh, but, you know, the, the internet, <laughs> internet lines are open anyway, email anyway, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com, that's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Uh, so if you're listening in right now, say hello, and uh, your thoughts on Aliens, uh, Area 51, uh, you know, do you think Area 51 is really just a cover for uh, the, the real stuff that's out there? I mean, what do you think? So your thoughts there are appreciated. And now we're going to get over to your paranormal experiences. Uh, last week I did ask the question. I said, you know, what are your thoughts on paranormal? Do you have any uh, interesting experiences to share? We got a lot of good stuff. First, I want to give some shout-outs to Tyler in England, Phil in Grants Pass, Oregon, Terrence in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, Anthony in Charlottesville, Virginia, Hunter in Palm Springs, California, and Mark in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, all listening in with many, many, many other people tuned in as well. And going over first, now this was not a fully paranormal experience. It was actually it was something that came in before I even asked the question last week. But it was something that I saw and I said, you know what? I'm going to be delving into the paranormal anyway. It's like it's not fully, you know, this is kind of like with Bigfoot and stuff. But I said, I still got to get to it. You know, it's just, it's too good not to. And, uh, so first this comes from Josh in Boston, Massachusetts. Recently, my friends and I went camping in extremely thick parts of the Maine woods. While hiking to the camp area, we saw what looked to be a Bigfoot. I know it sounds ridiculous, but whatever it was was too tall to be a bear, and we were too far in for someone to be pulling a prank on us. For the last few days, I've been thinking of this figure we saw. I'm not one to believe in things such as Sasquatch and ghosts, etc., but I have no actual explanation for what we saw. What are your thoughts on something like this? Would you just narrow it down to something as normal as a bear, or would you allow your mind to explore the possibility of a Sasquatch? Uh, number one, thank you, Josh, for writing in and sharing your experience. 
Now, you know, Bigfoot and Sasquatch are one of those topics that has always fascinated me. And uh, it's something that, that's always, it's really interested me. And, uh, I mean, when I was young, I had so many books I would read about. Uh, all different types of encounters, you name it. And I would watch, of course, all the television programs and documentaries, and you name it. And then recently, I was again intrigued, and I did extensive research uh, back in, I guess, 2016, 2017, of, of course, the, the infamous uh, Patterson-Gimlin footage. And what always intrigued me about the Patterson film was the difficulty in being able to reproduce it, and uh, especially considering the resources they had at their disposal. Um, but nonetheless, of course, there is a very good likelihood that it was indeed faked, and that one of them might have been in on it and just convinced the other that it wasn't. Uh, you know, because certainly, I mean, you really read about them, uh, granted, they did have a bit of a shady past. But nonetheless, y you know, it would be absolutely fascinating if Bigfoot did exist. Now, I myself have not had any encounters with it, and that's because, again, look, I don't really venture too far out into the wilderness, so everything I can go off of is uh, second-hand, but I've certainly seen so many of, of those, you know, iconic pieces of footage, and, you know, the problem is that a lot of them are always very iffy, right? Like, look, we know that so much of that stuff can be faked. And the stuff that's more open to debate, granted, uh, is, you know, it's it's always, there's so much wiggle room, you know what I mean? Like, there's one piece of footage, I think it was from 2001, right? It was of these campers that uh, zoomed all the way onto the top of this hill, and they saw some sort of figure on the top. But granted, it was over such a large distance. You can't make any, all you see is a humanoid figure which can really just be a large person. Because there's no identifiable things there. There's, there's nothing. My biggest questions in regards to Bigfoot, uh, of course, would be, number one, you know, if there's such a... Obviously, you need there to be a sizable population for them to be able to reproduce and continue on as a species. But secondly... You know, where are the the bodies? Where is the, the physical evidence? And yeah, you know, it, it, it is. The wilderness is so, so massive. I understand it would be difficult to find anything. Uh, but another thing, of course, in the smartphone age, with the amount of witness reports that still come in, why isn't there any better photographs or videos? For instance, like my, my phone can take a picture or video at 4K if I want to. And yeah, you know, if I see... Look, if I'm... Let's say I'm recording here right now. But then I could, I could kind of counter my own argument here. As I'm sitting outside recording, my phone is indoors. So if I'm sitting here, all of a sudden I look over and I see a Bigfoot, or I guess it would be a skunk ape, since that's what's here in Florida. Uh, let's say walk right here, walk in. Right, number one, I would flip out. And I would be, oh my, you know, what the hell? I, I, I would be shocked. And then if I even had the peace of mind to run inside, go 
grab my phone, grab the camera, right? I would have the adrenaline pumping through me. I would not believe what I'm seeing. And by the time I come out, it might already be in the brush. Do I really want to follow this thing? I don't know what it's capable of. I don't know what it's going to do or what it's not going to do. I don't know where it is. Or even if it's there, if I start taking pictures or videos, it's going to be shaky. It's going to be, you know, even if I try to focus it, it's not going to be standing there. It's going to be moving around, you name it. And it's probably not going to be high quality. But, you know, I know what I saw, right? And I'll remain steadfast in that. And then everyone's going to go ahead and debate me, and they're going to say, oh, you didn't see anything, you just saw this or that. Uh, You couldn't even get a good picture. What's wrong with you, right? So, I think like many things, I leave the door open to Bigfoot. I do think that there are lots of explanations for it. could definitely be a bear uh, standing on its hind legs. A lot of it is uh, hoaxes that have been perpetuated. And other times I think it's that collective mentality that you see something you're not entirely sure of, uh, but because we're so familiar with the concept of Bigfoot, it fills that void of the unknown. Uh, But nonetheless, look, you saw what you saw, and I know you're very confident in that. I'll leave the door open to that. I think that a lot of it can be explained, but, I mean, look, really, who's to say? Part of me wishes I could just kind of see what happened at the the Patterson-Gimlin film. Were they really just there with the camera and they just saw this thing going by? Or did they set it up and they just said, all right, action, you know, let's do this, or whatever. So many things, so many unanswered uh, questions. Interesting stuff, but that's why I wanted to cover that today. And now we have your paranormal experiences. All right, so let's uh, get to them. We got a lot of good stuff here. Uh, First, we go over to Courtney in the Greater Manchester, England. The strangest experience I had was when I was around eight years old or younger. I had gone to my family caravan in Wales, UK, and I was out at the beach with my granddad and my cousin. Where the beach is, you walk across a grassy hill uh, to get back to the caravan. As we were walking, I had this sudden urge to look to my left, And I can't explain the feeling, but I looked anyway, and what I saw blew my mind. I saw the black silhouette of what can only be described as a witch. She was floating and appeared to be running for her life, and had her arms outstretched. I I nudged my cousin, who nudged my granddad, and we all just stood there in shock. She evaporated into the public toilets, and there was a big, bright flash. I assume it was some sort of portal. Now, as I say, I've had many experiences with the paranormal, but this is the story I always tell when asked about things of this nature. I hope you find it interesting. I think that's absolutely fascinating. Like, if I I was there and I look, and I see just this this figure just floating there, especially moving like so, I, I wouldn't even know how to react, quite frankly. Next, we go over to Carol. Now, she says... I have several stories, but this is the one I have the most difficulty explaining. When I was 10 years old and sharing a bedroom with my twin sister, we both woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of our armoire doors violently slamming open and shut. The banging lasted about 10 seconds and woke up our entire family as well. We checked to make sure it wasn't one of our cats trapped inside. 
despite the fact that they would never be able to produce the sound we heard, but they were both sleeping downstairs when this happened. Now, this kind of stuff is always interesting, too, right? Because it's not like the doors were just rattling a little bit, right? They were slamming open and shut, open and shut. I mean, stuff like that is really difficult uh, to explain, like you said. It, it might not even be able to. It'd be one thing, right, if you could attribute it to a small earthquake or something, and it was just rattling a little bit. But when, like you described, just violently slamming open it... Again, this is like... So many of these things, I wouldn't even know how to react. And as I entertained last week, I said, look, seeing is believing. And you better believe, like I said, if I was there, and I saw these doors just slamming like that on their own, I would freak out. <laughs> you know? I, I would not have an explanation for it. Thank you for writing in. Next, we go over to Nath Nathaniel. So my paranormal experience didn't technically happen to me, more so to my parents. But if the experience was indeed paranormal, then I was surely present. I'll explain what I mean. For a period of several months while my mother was pregnant with me, my father had a series of recurring dreams. In these dreams, he would be floating in a dark space, and an ethereal figure would appear to him, claiming to be his son. We would talk for great lengths of time without the dream evolving into anything else. And my father doesn't remember the specifics of the conversations, only that they were about his life, only that they were about the life we would spend together, the lessons we learn from each other. But most importantly, the being called itself Nathaniel. So while this was happening, my mother had gone to see a psychic to ask them about me. Now, I don't hold any strong belief in psychics, but what they said to my mom gives me a tad more trust, even if in just a few of them. They told my mother that I would be Nathaniel, just as I had told my father. So without my parents knowing anything about each other's discovery, my father asked my mother how the experience with the psychic went. She told him my name, and upon hearing this, my father dispensed the dreams he was having. So, in an effort not to anger the universe, they named me as such. Now, I think that if this experience wasn't an absolutely absurd coincidence, it shows that there is either something special about psychics or something special about dreams, or both. Now, I like to lean toward dreams, probably just off of their mystique, and the fact that dreams are one of my favorite things about living. I have been blessed with consistently vivid and beautiful ones my whole life, but I'd like to go back to the possibilities of an absurd coincidence. Now, Nathaniel isn't a very common name, especially factoring in the unconventional way in which it's spelled but I wouldn't stake the lives of my loved ones on the possibility, nor would I stake my own life on it. I'm willing to hold a certain irony that comes with all assumptions of truth. Nevertheless, the sheer implications of this event give me a spark of hope, that there's something bigger out there, even if I have no clue what it is. It also gives me hope that I'll be able to work things out with my father if they ever get tough. For all the good these possibilities give me, I'm willing to be wrong about it, if that makes any sense. I suppose what I'd like to ask you is this. 
What says you about believing in things that may very well not be true? And do you think that's something we all do, even the most skeptical of us? I think so. I thought your experience was absolutely fascinating. And, like you said, you're open-minded about this. You're saying, look, there's a chance that, despite everything, it could be an absurd coincidence. But, I mean, like you said, if that's the case, that is a real big coincidence that it just happens to connect. I mean, like you said, you know, Nathaniel, especially the long derivative, you know, usually it's just Nathan or whatnot, but Nathaniel, right? That's that's a more rarer variant. And with that being said, I mean, look, there's there's so much that we don't know. Is it entirely possible that dreams and all of this, there's just things we don't know about it, absolutely. I mean, even sleep in and of itself is still a thing that we still have many, many questions about. And I think that there are so many things about the universe, about all of this stuff that are just unknowns. And I think even if you want to look at it purely scientifically, there's so many things that we have yet to prove, so many things that we don't know. To act like we know everything is, you know, nonsense. And to act like we have an answer for everything is nonsense. So that's why I think it is important to leave that door open to possibilities, even if you are skeptical, right? So thank you, Nathaniel, for writing in. And next we go over to Claire. For the past year, I've been working as a cashier at a dollar store. It's a pretty small store, and in the back room, there is a small area where the employees can leave their belongings and rest before their shifts or during their break. One day, I went to work as normal, put my belongings in my locker, and sat down to rest until it was time to clock in. As on my phone at the time, and out of the corner of my eye, I see the back of a woman with white hair leaving the back room. I only had one co-worker at the time who matched the description, so when I clocked in, I asked her what she was in the back room for, as she was operating the cash register at the time. When she told me that she had been in the front of the store the entire time, I was overcome with a feeling of intrigue. If not my co-worker, then who could have been in the back room? So, the most logical explanation for this, then, is that a customer with white hair had wandered into the back room unauthorized. But as far as I know, the security cameras from the day don't show anything like that having happened. I don't have any history of hallucinations either, so absent from a more mundane explanation, I choose to believe that it was some kind of unknown phenomenon, perhaps even a ghost or some sort of spirit. That's very interesting, especially that you guys checked the security cameras and didn't see anything. So right there, of course, that crosses off the most obvious thing, right, that it was either a co-worker or someone else that wandered in there. So if not that, then what was it? Was it a trick of the eye? Or was it something else? Thank you, Claire, for writing in. And we have an email from Travis in New Hampshire. I was 12 and spending the weekend at my grandmother's house. She really is into Native American culture and lives in a very small town in Massachusetts. One day, she took me for a hike up this mountain near the house. We were looking for eagle feathers, 
About 45 minutes into the woods, we came to a small area of land clear of trees, but covered with these dead leaves and surrounding forest. A few places into the cleared ground was a large circle made of small stones no bigger than a softball. Now, me being a kid that I thought nothing of it, I walked right in, kicking up some of the leaves. My grandmother, she called out behind me. I turned around to answer her. I don't remember what she said. However, the next few moments, I remember as if it happened two minutes ago. I turned back around, and about 15 feet in front of me, near the center of the circle, clear as day, was a tall, Native American man dressed traditionally, looking right at me. The sort of small bone chest piece and large red feather and headdress, it was like I was looking at a museum piece, and in an instant he was gone. I stopped dead in my tracks, wondering what had happened. I turned around to my grandmother and said, Do you see that? Is someone else here? I'll never forget the smile on her face. She asked me what I saw, to which I answered. She proceeded to tell me the area is an old Indian burial ground, and asked me to come out of the circle, which I was all too happy to oblige. She taught me a lot about native culture, respect for the earth, your environment. I've shared this story with many people, most with similar reactions. However, like most things, I believe this falls under the you don't believe it until you experience it for yourself umbrella. Thank you, Travis, for writing in, and I think you said it perfectly. Look, until you experience it for, for yourself, you know, you just might blow it off. But you know what you saw. All right, and thank you very much for writing in. If you are listening into this broadcast right now, be that online, on shortwave, or via any other means, feel free to send me an email with your feedback so far. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Now, of course, as I mentioned uh, multiple times previously in the program, If you do have any feedback on Area 51, your feedback there is appreciated to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Although, if you have any miscellaneous topics or points or statements you wish to raise and hear discussion on in future programs, do share them at that email address as well, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. More paranormal experiences are on the way on VORW International. So next we hear from Mirella in Seattle, Washington. And uh, first she starts off her email by saying that she uh, originally was was born in Croatia and uh, left to the United States as a refugee in the 1990s uh, during the terrible war that happened over there. And she just said, look, it's, it's something I hope you never go through. But I saw firsthand the importance of shortwave radio in these, these terrible disasters. And I, I agree, unfortunately, it's something I never hope happens again. But I think we all need to have a radio just in case. But anyway, her email is, of course, largely related to uh, the paranormal. She says, when it comes to my experiences, I've seen death before it happened, 
I've read tarot for people where I mentioned their loved ones that passed away. I've experienced apparitions quite a few times where I saw family members as well as random people I had a personal link with uh, that had passed away. I saw my grandmother a few years ago that passed away when I was six years old, standing outside of our window, looking in as we, my mother, sister, and I, were having coffee one winter afternoon. Of course, I froze when I caught a glimpse of her from the corner of my eye, standing there in the snow, looking in through a foggy window. I got up slowly after I abruptly fell silent mid-conversation and walked toward the window. She was standing there in a white dress that almost completely blended into a snowy background, looking peaceful. I wanted to touch her hand on the other side of the glass, but as soon as my hand touched the window, she vanished. This is quite peaceful experience for me. Maybe unexpected, but not scary. My mother and sister were quite shocked because they felt something. I'm guessing an energy switch, but I don't know what it exactly was, so when I told them, they felt quite scared and uneasy. Now, not all that I saw was peaceful nor positive. I've bought a lightly used, pre-owned car a few years back. I knew nothing about the previous owners, of course. After just a few months, though, I started to experience vivid visions every time I'd take a seat in a front passenger's seat. It didn't matter what I was thinking or talking about, nor the mood I was in. As soon as I opened that door and sat down, I saw myself being hit by the door across the jawline, then literally flying due to the impact, full speed in front of the moving car on the highway. It felt so real that I actually felt the trauma pain, and fear. This vision happened more than a dozen times, and it got to a point where I was anticipating it every time I sat down. I told my family about it, and of course they thought I was going insane, until one day I took the car into the shop to get something fixed. I was told that the door on that particular passenger side was not the original. It was painted to match the rest of the car, obviously, before the sale. I thought that was completely random because I wasn't there to fix anything door-related. The fact that the mechanic randomly felt he needed to inform me of it made me very anxious. For all he knew, I could have had that door changed myself. I felt there was no way I could ignore this any further. It was an obvious sign, at least to me, that someone or something wanted to be acknowledged. I finally decided to do some proper research after I found what I thought was another clue, an Enterprise car rental registration slip underneath the car seats. I pulled it out of the car one day for cleaning. I found out that the car had an accident after someone rented it out. And after that, Enterprise sold it to the dealer and it ended up in my hands immediately afterward. I could never get the details about the accident, but after confirming everything I saw and felt, the vision stopped. We did sell the car after cleansing its energy in order to get rid of whatever was still attached to it. However, nobody ever felt or saw anything except me, and I was struggling with trying to figure out whether I was seeing my own upcoming accident, something that already happened to me, or I was meant to acknowledge someone that desperately wanted acknowledgement. 
their story to be heard, their pain to be relieved. Thank you for writing in, Mirella. I hope I got your name right. If not, I apologize. Sometimes I'll think about energy. You know, that what if certain experiences, certain events, can, in a sense, leave, you know, some sort of impression in those material objects, right? For instance, what if that car crash did leave that type of residual energy to it? Uh, this is something that you do hear about from time to time, you know, residual, residual energy. So thank you for sharing, and I hope things are better with your current mode of transportation. All right, now we're going to go over to Wesley in Reno, Nevada. And uh, he had an interesting email he wanted to share. We lived thousands and thousands of years throughout human history without bringing up this idea of life being simulated because we had no idea something like that was even conceivable. Only now, in present time, do we consider it to be a possibility. To me, it seems annoyingly convenient. If we truly are in some kind of a false reality, if the universe isn't what we think it to be, then whatever production we are a part of would be so utterly complex and advanced beyond our comprehension. Dark matter is the only evidence of a fourth dimension we can find with our current level of technology. This completely unknown dimension of our universe is such a mystery, but is ever-present in our daily lives. I believe ghosts are not people. I think that ideology is more of a coping mechanism for dead loved ones. I do think, however, that ghosts are events that happen on this fourth plane of reality. I know that media likes to claim that old factoid from the 1950s saying we have five senses. But if you really think about it, we have many more senses than just five. Fourteen to twenty, depending on how you define them. For example, proprioception is the sense of knowing where our body limbs are without looking at them. We can sense things that we still haven't been able to teach technology how to do, like smell. So. Who's to say we can't sense things beyond our current plane of existence? Think of reality as three planes, X, Y, and Z. In this fourth dimension, an object would maintain its shape, but simultaneously be moved perpendicular on all three axes. It's hard to describe something we literally cannot see. I still can't wrap my brain around the concept, but it's undeniably fascinating. Thank you for writing in, Wesley. Long-time listener. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to one of your emails a while back, but pleasure to read this one. And when it comes down to dimensions, right, I think the fourth dimension does exist. Right, it might even be more than that. Uh, I believe I might be incorrect, but I think string theory goes even further and further and further than that. But when it comes down to the fourth dimension, I mean, what, what is there? Will we ever even know? Well, who's to say? And do we even want to know? <laughs> you know? Do we? I think it's incredible, though. Thank you for writing in, Wesley. Uh, let's go over to Daniel in Belfast, Ireland. And he writes, After my grandfather died, I was staying overnight in my grandparents' house with my grandmother. I was sleeping in the spare room and woke up around 3 a.m. to see a silhouette of a man about my grandfather's height sitting in the chair in the corner of the room, facing toward the opposite wall, 
He faded away after I looked for a few moments. I'm still not sure if it may have been an illusion crafted by my brain in that half-awake, half-asleep state, but it was definitely a creepy experience. Thank you, Dan- Thank you Daniel. And uh, I agree, no matter what, that would be creepy. You know, you wake up, and whether it's still just, you know, your mind waking up, you see, you see someone right there in the corner there. I'd say that's pretty creepy if you ask me. Jordan in Orange, Connecticut. Uh, he writes, my name is Jordan in Orange, Connecticut. I do believe in paranormal activity and feel as if I experience it every day. For the past couple of years, I've been seeing the same numbers on my clocks far more than I think I should. Numbers like 1111, 111, 444, and so on. I researched why this could be happening, and all I could find was that spirits are sending me messages through the time on the clock. I have no idea what they're trying to tell me, but I still get chills every time I see this. Maybe you've seen some clock anomalies as well. Thank you, Jordan, for writing in. You know, one thing I really I want you to re- uh, research if you want to go into this route. Uh, when you're talking about numbers and certain numbers repeating... You know, there is, of course, a good chance that, you know, it's just merely coincidence. But one thing to research is numerology. It's something by no means, of course, that I am an expert in, but it's something that I've been getting into more, uh, researching more. Uh, you kind of, you know, you, you look at certain numbers and you can add them up and, and do various things with them, and uh, there may or may not be any meaning to certain things. So I would recommend, even if it's just for fun, something to look at, uh, check out numerology. Numerology is an interesting thing, anyway. Again, it's something that before I I ever do a show on it, and one day I will. Uh, I just want to research a bit more. And again, I am by no means an expert on it. If if anyone listening in uh, is an expert with with numerology and has any points they want to share, just send an email, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Numbers, in and of themselves, can be fascinating. And I do know the one thing with numerology is that all different organizations, they have different meaning, right? Like, you look at the number 13. Uh, Of course, 13, to some, is denoted as very unlucky. It's a bad number. Uh, whereas others, it's denoted as something that's actually a strength, that's good. So it all depends on, you know, what group you go by and, and who you're going to inquire. You know, for instance, uh, one number of significance, let's say, perceived by the Masons, might be completely different than something that's perceived, uh, you know, by someone else, you know. So... It's just something to research. It's a, it's, it can be a rabbit hole right there. And that's something I'm going to save for another day. But it's, it's fascinating. And I, like I said, I'm not really the best with mathematics. But sometimes just adding the stuff together and having some fun with it. It's, you know, it's something fun to do. Take it with a grain of salt. But one thing that I would recommend anyway is, I mean, look into that and just start looking at the numbers again that, that keep stopping. If it always continues stopping all different clocks... Uh, at the repeating digits there, I mean, just start looking at things, you know, start keeping track of it, and research it, and and see if anything materializes. And finally, we'll go over to Lucy in England, 
And she finishes off the show by saying, I've always been on the more skeptical side, yet open to the possibility of true paranormal experiences. Interjecting, I, uh, I, I have about the same standpoint. You know, I consider myself mostly a skeptic, though. Like I've been saying probably 20 times, I'll leave the door open, you know? I'll always lend an ear to people and their experiences. That's what this whole show is about right now. Anyway, continuing on with the email. I do believe 99% of ghost encounters can be explained away in one way or another, but some cases aren't so clear-cut. In my own experience, I once lived in a house that seemed to have some unknown presence. For example, the cellar door appeared to open by itself. It became routine to close that door every time I passed it. There was a deadbolt, too, so it was unlikely to have swung open due to uneven flooring and such. On occasion, I would go upstairs, and upon descending again, I'd find the couch cushions placed very precisely throughout the hallway. I'd have to pick these up and carry them back to the couch in the living room. All of this happened while I was alone in the house. One could perhaps explain this as some kind of home invader living there secretly, but I'd argue that's actually far scarier than any ghost. I'm in two minds about the whole situation, to be honest. I still see myself as more of a skeptic, but an open mind goes a long way. Absolutely. Thank you for writing in, Lucy, and that... I mean, no matter what, look, whether that is some sort of entity, or, God forbid, there's someone living there in that that house, you know, messing around. Either way, that's creepy. One thing, and of course hindsight is, is twenty twenty, uh, that would have been interesting, is if you ever had, back then, the opportunity to set up a little camera and uh, try and catch something on film. But... Either way, I mean, it is that is spooky stuff right there. You know, the fact that there's stuff very clearly in places that it shouldn't be. And it's not like, you know, you've misplaced your phone or your keys or something like that. You know, it is a full-blown door that's open like that. Or, I mean, like significant things, like the, the couch cushions, right? It's not something that you're just going to pick up and haul off for no good reason, really. Assuming that there wasn't any sort of... Uh, carbon monoxide leak or, or anything like that. And with that, dear listeners, I'm going to be concluding today's broadcast of VORW International. Uh, next week's going to be another fun show. We're going to just delve into Area 51, UFOs, all that good stuff. And then we're just going to get to your miscellaneous topics and, of course, any general discussion that comes to materialize uh, in this in this meantime, so to speak. So, it was an absolute pleasure to do this show. It was so much fun reading your uh, paranormal experiences. And I'm going to try to do more shows like this, because this... Oh, wow, the, the recording, I mean, it just went by fast. You know, this was uh, this was a lot of fun for me to do. And I hope it was fun for you to listen to, anyway. Have an open mind, and uh, no matter what, I think it was just really interesting. Alright, on a final note, you can catch this show... Next week, same time, same frequency, same online means. And also, your feedback is welcome. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Please consider donating via PayPal to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. You can also donate via Patreon. Patreon.com slash the report of the week. Thank you 
We'll see you again next week. Get a shortwave radio and do take care. I'm your host of the Report of the Week, concluding VORW International.